Hello and welcome to the latest episode of First Time Dads. I am Richard Innes. And I'm Steve Mile. And um, today we thought we'd discuss the, the various things that, when you're a first time dad or a first time parent, um, there are certain things that become part of your everyday lexicon, everyday life. Words and phrases and items that are now, I think we can safely say, Steve, firmly entrenched in our day-to-day existence. And yet, many of these things are things that I didn't even know existed. I'd never uttered, I'd never said, I'd never mentioned, thought about until about a year ago. Yeah, it's like growing up when when you're a child and you think, I'm never going to drink tea or coffee. And, And you do. These are words and phrases that you never thought as a non-parent you'd ever be saying. Yeah, but the, it goes further than that, doesn't it? Because it's things. It's like saying, "I didn't even know tea and coffee existed." Yeah, it's true. It's and true. now, it's true. It's true. so I'll, I'll give you my Go first on. one, right? Go so we, we have it. a bit of a list here of, of these things, which Steve and I have um, spoken to many friends and colleagues who who are also relatively new parents. Yeah. Um, and we've had some blinding suggestions. My first one is muslins. Right now, everybody knows. If you have a baby or a young child, muslins go everywhere with you, right? It's it's the it's the thing when you're leaving the house, yeah. when you're going away Rich, for the night. What's a muslin? A muslin? What is a muslin? Well, that's a very good question. It's a bit of cloth, right? Muslin it's is a the, small bit of fabric. It's muslin is a fabric, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. See, this is the thing I don't know. But I didn't even know until I'd had a child. If you'd have said to me. 18 months ago what's a muslin I wouldn't have had a bloody clue what you were talking about yeah. I wouldn't have had a, a, a scooby doo and yet now here I am in a situation where these little bits of cloth go everywhere with you us see, now I, everywhere I, I, I've made my own jam and you use that's ahead of a segue muslin oh, in making I your own see. jam I did wonder where you were going with that yeah. like, how have we gone from muslins to jam but and mu- so muslin is the cloth the material ah, uh, and right. a square of muslin is what you use to mop your baby up when it's been a bit sick. Right, and with so it. Yeah, we to call me, they're them muslin. Little weird multi coloured things. But it's like calling things cottons. Oh, I see. Oh, there you go. I've learned something. There You've you actually taught me something there. Okay. Um, what? Yes. I, I, how many muslins do you think you have in your house? Oh, well, I. See, you have spoken about them as if we use them all the time. We didn't use them really with Jackson because he never was never really sick after feeding. So we didn't have that problem. But it's, it strikes me with Iris, new baby, Claxon, um, <laughs> that we're using them a bit more. So, I don't know, we've probably got about 12. Oh, see, I, I've lost count of many we have yeah. because Ben uses them as like a security blanket. Oh, OK. But I, I, it still baffles me sometimes when I hear myself shouting up the stairs, Linz, have you got the muslins? Yeah. And I think, why am I, what is a, yeah. why am I even talking about this? Um, what's on it? Reflux, right? Reflux and positing. Is it, yeah. called, is it pronounced positing? Posit- positing? I don't know. Uh, I, I think of it like deposit. Deposit. Rough, so positing. De- yeah. Repo- yeah. Okay. Yeah. I. I've again. When you, if you'd have said to me eighteen months ago, what's reflux? Oh yeah, yeah a little bit of heartburn. Yeah, I've had that sometimes. Yeah. yeah after a big night out, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. Fine. And then again, reflux for some considerable length of time becomes yeah. a big talking. Point uh, it's just in reflux. Your life. It's not really sick. It's just reflux. Yeah. Uh, basically, it's when the baby brings back a little bit of what it was having to eat last time. Yeah. Usually milk and leaves you like a little present. <laughs> a little before, posit. Before before Jackson like. was born, how many times had you even thought or used the phrase reflux? Uh no, I'd I'd read it I'd written and read about it in medical stories as my capacity as a journalist, but not in relation to kids. And I you know, I think I'd yeah. held enough babies to get an idea yeah. that you're gonna get some white milky discharge from a baby's mouth on your on your 
nice jumper when you turn up to see mum and baby but you know I, I, not massively it's definitely a new one it's that bizarre thing it's like you said that debate that you have on an almost daily basis is that a vomit mm. or is that reflux mm. and where's the dividing line and at well, what point do we have to be concerned oh that's a lot of reflux has, is that has, a vomit has Ben been has Ben vomited because uh, yeah, you, a times. Well, you been know, a couple of times. So, you yeah. know when it's yeah, yeah. it's a- projectile fact, at speed. Yeah, yeah. It goes everywhere. It hits everything. It was actually in Great Ormond Street. He'd had an operation, and I remember it was the night of the operation, and he vomited for the first time. And Lindsay and I are both not. He was about six months old at the time. Lindsay and I are both quite stressed out. hadn't really slept. Quite worried about him. And after this operation, vomiting everywhere and I mean everywhere and that was actually I do remember thinking yeah. within my panic like of like Jesus Christ what's happening here um, was that feeling of oh so that's a vomit yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like yeah. alright all those other bits yeah no that's just yeah. definitely been reflux yeah. anyone that food poisoning that's a vomit yeah yeah quite um, uh, skin to skin skin yeah this came up from somebody who's not got a child who works here a colleague we have here who heard us reference this in one of the podcasts earlier and he was baffled because I think we just mentioned it in so a yeah, kind of passing blase, thing about yeah, you know, like, oh yeah so did you do the skin to skin thing blah 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 mm. and he was he was really fascinated which made me realise actually yeah, it's not that obvious is it if you mm. said to again if you'd have said to me 18 months ago what's skin to skin I might have assumed you were talking about something rather naughty well it's, um, it's well, you, yeah but it's on that <coughs> spectrum isn't it because suppose, when you put two human beings skin together it produces the drug oxytocin, yes. which is the same drug that's produced in lovemaking. <laughs> lovemaking, what a <laughs> fabulous choice of words um, there. <laughs> but it, it, it forms closeness between you yeah, and yeah. whatever it is you know, you're, you're having skin to skin with. It, we use it in this parenting term for dads having skin to skin with their baby so you take your shirt off and you cuddle your newborn baby you get skin yeah. to skin this is meant to be the, it's meant to be the first bit it, of contact you have with your child yeah well it's it? supposed to help the bond yeah. creation yeah. with regards to, to mums it helps to uh, encourage milk production mm. uh, and it was very interesting the other day having I've got a wife who's just given birth um, that Jackson had had his bath so he had been in the shower uh, and Jackson wanted a cuddle and he hadn't got his pyjamas on yet and he cuddled Zoe and that skin to skin between Zoe and Jackson stimulated her milk production and she started oh, right. yeah 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 it wasn't it wasn't the baby it, it was Jackson baby, it, was it was enough just, to get a go it was enough thing, it was yeah. enough that going on I'd have to say the skin to skin thing is quite bizarre because like, Ben was born after quite a lengthy labour in an emergency caesarean and so there you are at the end of this very stressful process yeah. and I hadn't slept in about 24 hours and I was a bit all over the place and then suddenly it was 2 in the morning or almost 3 in the morning by that point and I'm busy taking my shirt off mm-hmm. and standing there mm-hmm. topless you know and I'm not in the best shape of my life no neither by, sorry <laughs> surrounded by nurses in this kind of dark room yeah with this infant child who oh, I still don't really know how Athena. to hold yeah 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 kind of well very loosely connected yeah. um, and you kind of and there I am sitting there with my son on my chest and Lindsay was still in operating theatre yeah and it was a very, very odd experience. A lovely, yeah, lovely, lovely experience, lovely. of course. I recommend it. I yeah, recommend oh, God, gotcha, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, so the next one uh, is, and we, we, for those of, of a certain era who remember Michael Aspel, 
turning up a, a celebrity's house to tell their life story, he would have a big red book under his arm. And we all have a little We've red got book. A little red book, and the little red book basically is the record of your child's health. Um, it tells you how much they weigh when they were born, and every single injection or health yeah. blip they've had on the, in their in their life. I'm not sure how long you, you keep the red book. For well, that. this is my question because what exact what use does it actually have? Right. So I get it that you need this record, but then we keep this red book. We treat it like I don't know, like it's the, like a holy book, mm. like it has its own spot in the house. We mm. can't lose the red book. Is the red book in the drawer? Yeah. That's the question. Where's the red book? Is it in the drawer? Why is it not in the drawer? It's in your handbag. Why is it in the handbag? We got to keep the red book. Yeah. Actually, in reality. It's never been of any use whatsoever. Ben is, Ben's been in hospital twice for operations, yeah. right? Um, I mean, he's had like an up and down time, yeah. but, and, and there's been a lot of kind of medical requirements yeah, for yeah. Ben. But the Red Book has never come in handy. It has mm. never been of any use whatsoever to anybody. So what exactly is the purpose of this I, Red Book? I think the idea of the Red Book is because when you've got small children, they come into contact with lots of different medical professionals. So you've got like district nurses, yeah. you've got midwives, you've got okay, um, health visitors, and you've got doctors. And there's not a central system that their yeah. information is held on. So the Red Book carries the information there's from a logic person to, it, yeah. to person so they can see... Who did it? It's I. I would liken it to your car service manual. <laughs> Which again, that's not a bad comparison because again, you're probably never going to use it. No. But then it might come a time where you say, well, "Where is the service?" Yeah. Manual? Well, when you want to get rid of your child and someone wants to know who's got a full <laughs> service history, yeah. you produce the red book exchange in about I've, two years. Yeah, time. exactly. I've yeah. got. It's got a full. Bought this one now. I yeah. need an upgrade. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's, the, a, there's a gap in the market. I think they should. They should have a link up with like Panini. Yeah. or something like that so you've got stickers that you put in at the same time as you take it around <laughs> oh my god and what else have we got on our list here mastitis oh Ooh. dear yeah, 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 that's yeah. not something that you've ever really considered yeah, if you before. haven't heard mastitis and you're a first time dad you're either very lucky or you haven't been listening to your wife yeah. because um, <laughs> mastitis is basically and my understanding is an infection of the milk ducts yes um, and it can be very very painful to a breastfeeding mum yeah. Um, because it, it, the milk struggles to get out, and if the milk can't come out, it can get like hard lumps. It can get infected. In the worst case, you, you get like bleeding. And the, the situation is that you, you know you've got to feed the baby some manner. Yeah. And uh, I've heard of um, mums telling me that they just the very prospect of having to lift their child to their to their sore nipples, if you like. Uh, has made them feel physically yeah, sick. Yeah, yeah. It sounds horrible. It sounds and it, it comes back to that idea that as a particular... I, I, I would be interested to know if many women before becoming mothers, how aware they are of this mm-hmm. sort of whole process and the threat of mastitis. But from a man's perspective, of course, you're just not, because it's not no. something you'd ever no. encounter. No. And what, again, what you don't really realise until you're there, in it, is that the baby has to be fed, because mm-hmm. otherwise... Mum, you know, mum will get ill. Yeah. yeah. Because and it, so there's this yeah. like desperate process of like, my God, you've got to feed the baby. And it's not just that the baby needs to be hungry; the milk needs to come out. And understandably, the iconography and the imagery around breastfeeding prior to it is all like it's this perfect, happy, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, 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 milk of ambrosia type setup. Because if you knew about it, you think, well, I'm not even going to go down that route if there's a possibility. Well, on that note, one of the other ones that was actually suggested to me by by a, a mum I know. Um, in, in terms of things that people don't ever mm. think about or consider, nipple guards. Yeah. I mean, nipple guards. Yeah, that yeah, that yeah, actually, yeah. when you stop to think about it, yeah. before you're involved with a child, yeah. before you have a child, before your wife's pregnant, your girlfriend's pregnant, your partner, whoever, 
you would never even... What is a nipple guard? Well, we speak f- fresh from uh, watching the London Marathon ah, on yes. TV, and uh, I'm sure there's a few runners that have uh, employed something similar to save themselves from some heavy-duty chafing. But isn't that a big old bit of Vaseline that... Runners well, tend to lot upon to the Neither of us have run the London Marathon. <laughs> no no intention of doing <laughs> so. That is fair to say. I don't um, know. If you do have run the London Marathon uh, and you've used your wife's nipple guards, please let us know. I'd be very interested. Yeah, bizarrely, I would be very interested to know that. Not quite sure why. That's no. slightly, but anyway, um, moving on past that quickly. Colostrum. Colostrum. Oh, yeah. God, I'd forgotten about colostrum because you're in that stage, you see. Yeah. This is something. I suppose there are a load of these phrases and terms and things that only are ever going to be of interest to you for when your child is, you know, between mm. zero and six months. Yeah. And then, and you'll never, you'd never ever think about them or use them yeah. before the child's born, and you'll never think about them or use them after the child's. Well, unless you want to be clever clogs of someone who's just had a new baby, and you probably go, oh, yeah, that's, that's you important get, yeah. to get the colostrum in, isn't it? Or you get yourself a parenting podcast and yeah, yeah, do and some stupid stuff like that. But yeah, colostrum, that, which C is the important early milk. <laughs> Colostrum is, yes, so it's the early milk that comes out and it's literally like very first stage of breastfeeding, isn't it? And it's it, like crucial because it's like yeah. this magic stuff that... It's a super duper, super powered. They say that even if you not don't end up breastfeeding, if you can get the colostrum into yeah, the Yeah, just the first few and drops. And I think it's like a few drops, teaspoon, mm. less than a teaspoon a day of this really high, rich, fatty, you know, full of good stuff, which helps to give your baby protection. And it's why... When Jackson was born, <clears throat> we had some friends come and visit and they brought their daughter. And the next day, my mate rang up and said, uh, we, she's got chicken pox. Uh, and you're not obviously supposed to expose a newborn baby. Yeah, yeah. And we went to the doctor and said, if mum's had chicken pox in the past and she's breastfeeding, then the protection immunity carries across that's via the breast milk. And I think that's partly the, the colostrum, that really good stuff. That is mental. It, and it, there is, I, I've said this time and time again on this podcast, the whole, I, the whole concept of breastfeeding and what it does, from the time it starts to what, you know, to what the process entails, to how it all works, it is magic. Mm. It's bizarre. Mm. And again, mm. that, that, I suppose that is part of this list in the sense that in terms of things that you didn't know or think about uh, or, be, or, or have any awareness of until you have a baby, the breastfeeding stuff is remarkable. Yeah, yeah. And of course, Rich and I, you will have gathered... Our partners have both been breastfeeding. Yeah. And we're aware, of course, it's not that simple for everyone. If you are listening to this and it hasn't been simple or you've decided not to do it, we'd love to hear from you, get you on the podcast and tell mm. us about the alternatives because we don't know much about them because we haven't gone down that route. And I think it would be useful for other listeners to hear about, you know, what you do if you don't breastfeed. That's a really good point because, yeah, we're not deliberately just talking about breastfeeding. It is just our own experiences mm. that we're talking about mm. on this on this podcast. So, yeah, please do let us know. Um, what else have we got on our list here? Pepper Pig and Paw Patrol. Now, uh, see, Pepper Pig, I know you're not a massive fan, Steve. Well, I'm not, I'm not so I'm not a massive fan. I've, it just has not come into our lives. You've done well because Jackson's, what, two, yeah, up Jackson to two and a half now. Jackson doesn't watch telly, though. Well, you've done bloody well there, Jackson then. doesn't watch TV, he doesn't watch iPads, he doesn't watch phones, so he doesn't know what... How have you managed that? Because Ben's won and he's already glued to the bloody thing. Yeah, we, we just... Because... You just don't have it on. The rooms that Jackson comes in don't have TVs. Mm. So we're fortunate that we've got, like, two reception rooms in our house and one of them's got a TV in and one of them's got Jackson's toys in on the basis that 
Mm. I wouldn't be able to sit and watch TV <laughs> in peace and quiet. Yeah. And I think if there's toys going on, Jackson doesn't need a TV. Yeah, so, so we're, just, we're just piled in. Having said that, we've got a second baby now, so this might all change when we need a bit of distraction technique. I hope not, or I hope I'm not going to take him up to his 18th birthday having never seen a TV, but I think, you know, if you've only been in the world for a couple of years, and this isn't to judge anyone else, there's enough going on that yeah. should be interesting without having to see a little animated pig. Do you know the problem I have is that our front room, it. we have. well, I lo- I'd love the TV. I watch a lot of telly. And the, our TV is right next to where his toys mm. are just because of the layout of the room. It's yeah, very yeah, difficult yeah, yeah. to it's your open else. plan, isn't it? So yeah, it's, like, it's really, really challenging. So... Um, I do occasionally I've told myself off and thought right turn, I've got to turn the telly off because I keep thinking there'll come a point you know he's only one and then I, I keep thinking oh there'll come a point where I have to start turning the TV off because it'll have to be it'll have to be aware but I suppose we are at that stage now where I need to stop just having it on in the background just you know why he's well, doing well there will come a stage I imagine when he wants to watch what he wants to watch and you yeah. won't get to watch what you want to watch well and that's going to be a battle yeah. a battle of wills because <laughs> yeah. this is the thing he's already into Peppa Pig and with Peppa Pig to go back to the theme of like things you, you're not aware of before, but before does he have know a child. the story? I think kind of. Just yeah, like he's starting the... to get there, and I think it's a, it's interesting because before before having a child, I think everyone in the world is probably aware of Peppa Pig, like knows of Peppa it Pig. As a right. Concept. So just Peppa Pig is a girl, right? She's Everyone's a, got to know that. She's surely. she's a pig that <laughs> lives on a farm. No, she doesn't. She goes. Oh, she lives in a house. You are so out of the Peppa yeah. Pig loop, man. She lives in a house on a really what steep hill. What happens in a Peppa Pig episode? It's, do you know what? It's not that bad. Peppa Pig herself drives me up the bloody wall. The other thing, and, and what drives me, and, and then Daddy Pig, he's such a but buffoon. What does she do? What's the setup? It's, just, it like, it's basically you know, like they go to school. The Simpsons, they do, but with pigs. No, no, no. <laughs> I can't believe you haven't watched Peppa Pig. It's not like that. It's it's like a normal, they try and kind of replicate normal situations. They show her, she goes to school, she goes to, the, she goes to see Daddy at work, she goes to, you know, she goes to the playground. She plays with her friends. Her friends come over for tea. It's all like you know, sort of normal. They live on a hill. Stuff. They live on a hill, and every time I watch oh, it, I can't okay. help but think that must be bloody murder on the clutch. Because yeah. honestly, the way the cars are parked, they're almost like vertical. But anyway, that's a different thing. Um, it's so, very hugely successful. Made a lot of money. Oh, it's it? insane. But where, whereas you kind of know that Peppa Pig, this thing exists because you'll probably have had mates who've got kids and they're moaning about mm. Peppa Pig and stuff. I don't mind if you sit down and watch it. It's quite disturbing. So my other kids have been to Peppa Pig World. Mm. I know that. Oh, mate, you, you'll get into it at some point. You won't be able to escape it forever. Mm. See, no, I, no, I, I would be amazed if there's any parent in Britain who's been able to escape it. You completely. see, one of the names that we were toying with before we settled on Iris was Peppa because I like really? the, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's character in Iron Man. <laughs> Uh, and um, but that's a different thing. But if you called your kid Pepper, you would just be opening it up for Pepper Pig, wouldn't you? Oh, you don't know. You'd be done for. Uh, that, that child would be done for. I can't imagine anybody would be thinking Pepper Pig at this point, anyway. Um, so yes. So if anybody, obviously we're, we're we're getting through this list. There's a few more to come. But if you have any suggestions, we would be very keen to hear them because I'm sure there's a million and one things we're talking about here mm-hmm. that we will have forgotten about. So if you have any ideas or suggestions, please do email email us at firsttimedads at trinitymira.com and you can tell us all the things that um, you weren't aware of until mm-hmm. you became a, a father or a mother for that matter. Um, and you can also let us know anything else, suggestions for topics we should be talking about, um, areas we've covered yep. before that you think we should refocus on, all those types of things. You can also find us both on Twitter. Yeah, indeed. Um, you're, you're what, Steve? Steve, Steve Mile Eats. Eats. 
don't ask me why. Mm-hmm. Either Steve Mile likes eating. Mm-hmm. At Steve Mile Eats or at Big Rich Innes, which is a, because I'm quite big. Anyway. So, more of these things that we can look at. One, one of the things that people have mentioned to us as well, which I thought um, really jumped out at me once someone had actually t- suggested it, wet wipes. Oh, well, wet ones, wipes. which ones do you use? Uh, we use the, is it the Pampers ones I think we're on? Okay, we're on the water wipes. Yeah, the water, but they're expensive, aren't they, the water wipes? You have to they're shop around and buy in bulk. Yeah, nice. That's what we do. We've got a cupboard. We've got like an Armageddon supply of water wipes. Again, I didn't realise. I, I, I probably sound like a broken record here, but I don't think I quite appreciated until having a child just how big a part of my life the existence of wet wipes mm. had become. They, they are. They, they go everywhere. I mean, we. And at no point do we have anything less than about fifteen packs. Yeah. And the, I, on the shelf. I hold my hands up. I'm not sure about the environmental consequences. Oh, God, does. No. I'm sure there's like fat balls washing up on Cornish beaches <laughs> with Jackson's wet wipes in as, <laughs> as we speak. But um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I imagine it'll be the next thing that the Daily Mail and Michael Gove turn their attention to oh, after right, they finish with lobsters and uh, plastic bags. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, we, we use water wipes, but other brands are available. <laughs> Plenty of brands, yeah. many, many brands. Um, but it is insane how many we get through yeah. you know they're for everything so you think to yourself alright again I think I probably had this idea in my head wet wipes will be just for, you know wiping the baby's face or wiping the baby's hands once no, the baby's covered no. in food well no they're for wiping everything they're for wiping yourself they're for wiping your clothes their clothes the high chair the table the bottom all the bottom all the food that they drop on the floor every night. Yeah. So every night I'm on the floor after Ben's had his dinner, wiping up all the mess Mate, with, with see, wet wipes. I think that if you're not a parent, you will have come across this. Because anyone that's been to a festival <laughs> will know yeah. that the cues for the showers often dictate a wet wipe wash. And uh, yeah, they will be aware of the m- multiple uses. Of that's wet true, wipes. you know. I, you've, you've taken me back there. I probably have done the old yeah. wet wipe wash. You can wash your hair with wet wipes, Rich. I'm bald, in case uh, anybody (laughs) didn't know that. Thank you for that, Stephen. (laughs) uh, But I think I probably have done a wet wipe wash. But again, you never. It's such a different. It's such a different usage of the same product. Yeah. You know, I haven't washed for three days because I've been too busy living up at a festival. um, Versus, oh god, he's done another poo. I need to. Well, one thing I'd forgotten, which came came to me when I was changing Iris's nappy, is that. In fact, when they're little babies and you put ice cold wet wipes on their on them when you're wiping their bottom, makes them go to a wee. Oh yeah. And Jackson yeah. used to do that. Doesn't do that anymore. But you know, it's, it's that's a good thing. tip. Yeah. It's a good tip for anyone who's about to change their first nappy. Yeah, get prepared because <laughs> if you think you're dealing with number two, you'll end up with number one. And it <laughs> tends to be just as you're putting the last bit of the nappy on. You'll get a fresh wee. Do you know what newborn... You're talking about newborn nappies. What that reminds me of. I actually used to... And I don't know if this makes me a freak or a weirdo. I used to quite like the smell of Ben's nappies. Mm. And this was right at the start, of course, when he was just being breastfed. I used to find there was something quite yeah, Japanese reassuring. Japanese <laughs> <laughs> But there was something quite reassuring and, and, and nice about it. And then the moment he started on solid food... Oh no, that's just poo now. Yeah. That, that's just deeply unpleasant and horrific and yeah, smells horrendous. Yeah. But there's something about... I, I don't know if it's just Which because is milk, being, isn't it? Yeah, because he's just being breastfed or whatever. It, there was something quite lovely and nice. But it's about, that yellow. Oh, that's, that's the baby's bright poo, that's sort lovely. of Coleman's mustard yellow, and then when they get food, it turns darker. 
to, the first uh, yeah, one, darker both literally and metaphorically. The first one they do, I think it's is it called the meconium? Yeah, well that was on our list. Yeah, meconium. That's well, a gift like something no one ever put of. a tablespoon of marmite in their nappy. I can because it's nine thinking. months worth of. You know, but it's tar, yeah. essentially, isn't it? It's like tar, and it's that thing of it, again. It's no iron, one really warned it? you. I think maybe in the NCT class we, we were kind of warned about it, but that, that you don't really appreciate that you're actually going to have to. Fizz, it's like you have to scrub it off yeah, the yeah, tiny yeah, yeah, little yeah, that's bum. Like, I changed the first nappy virus, and that was one of the, it was one of those. But it's a good thing to report to your health visitor or your midwife because it shows that everything's working. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like why is it like that? Is it? It's just because of the build-up of it. Yeah, the first it's one like concentrated, like isn't it? It's not because they've been out and done twelve pints of Guinness. <laughs> but that's kind of what it looks like. <laughs> From my it's memory iron. of days, iron. I think it must be some sort of iron relation because yeah. I think that is the, what gives it its distinct hue. I think I might have made that very joke. Um, like when Ben was like a day or two old, I was making, I was changing that nappy. It's worth telling like, once. like. Yeah. Again. I don't imagine I'm the only dad who's done it. I yeah. bet you there are ba- there are thousands of dads who've said, what's he done here? What's she done here? Ten pints of Guinness. You know, that joke must have been told a million times. Exactly. What else have we got on Isofix? Isofix. Now, I'm not sure whether this is... I presume this is a brand. I don't know, you know. That's because a good question. Everyone uses it. It's an odd word to pick. Yeah. So but is it, it's, a bit, well, it's a bit like Hoover. Isn't is a brand, isn't it? But you yeah. kind of end up. Everyone yeah. talks about I need to Hoover the room. It's like yeah. well, actually, you need to use the vacuum cleaner. Yeah. But it's the same. I don't. Know, it must be Isofix. Must be a brand name. But uh, it's just yeah. become the sort of day, the sort of thing. Isofix that talks about. is the the way that you fix a car seat to a car. Yeah. But the car's actual structure is built into. Yeah. The, is it so the it's, chassis. Yeah. So yeah, it's, so it's, built into like, the chassis. Click straight in. Yeah. So it's. Basically, two which you don't need to. I should sorry to interrupt, but I should say you don't have to have one of these. No, yeah, there's plenty of car seats you can just use a seatbelt. Yeah, for instance, my um, (coughs) mother-in-law's car hasn't got an Isofix attachment because it's too old. But I'm not sure whether cars now have to come with it by law. I suspect it's probably something like that. It's two little loops basically that's between the top, the bottom of the back seat, and the uh, bottom of the. A bum cushion, if you like, in the seat, yeah. and you you slide two like little bulldog grabber clips, which come off the car seat yeah. onto it, and it means that it doesn't move anywhere. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I have to say, it's a pretty yeah. nifty system. It, Although, it, of course, yeah. I've been done over because. But what they don't tell you about car seats, which I discovered quite recently, is of course, all oh, right, we need to you need to buy a new one. So you have the one for the newborn, and then Ben was basically, I mean, arms and legs yeah. <laughs> splaying over the sides. Yeah. Or something. We're yeah. going to have to upgrade him here. Yeah. So I've just gone and spent another 175 quid on um, one which clicks into the Isofix base. Yes. Which is nice because then you don't have to buy the new base, but then you're like, oh, there's all yeah, these. Yeah, I mean, you'll come, you'll come to this. You're fresh into parenthood. You will come to all of these. Uh, what do we need? How much do we need to spend? Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you need to spend anything? What can you get away with? What did people do before this happened? <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, it's uh, if you're gonna if you can get hold of a second hand one from a trusted person like your best mate who can assure you on his life of his children that it's not been an accident. It's a much cheaper way of doing it than going second out hand everything. Second hand. I remember when uh, we they say not to buy a second hand one from someone you don't know because if it's been an accident, then, it, then you're supposed it to chuck it out. Stru- aren't you? Structurally. You're, you're supposed to replace if you if it's been in any form of accident. You're supposed to replace yeah. it just for which makes sense from yeah, a safety yeah, yeah, perspective. Yeah. But yeah, generally speaking, with baby equipment, I do think second hand is the way to go. I remember we went into I won't say the name of the retailer because that'd be unfair. 
<coughs> we went into <coughs> went into one very reputable retailer before Ben was born, looking for a buggy, and uh, knowing that there was absolutely no way in hell we were buying a brand new buggy. And we this <laughs> this poor bloke, this shop assistant, he was lovely, he was wonderful, knew everything about all the buggies. Mm. Took spent half an hour talking mm, us mm, through mm, all the different buggies, mm. and I think after about ten minutes, he probably clocked. There's no way I'm getting a sale here. Mm. But bless him, he went on anyway, gave us all the relevant yeah, information. Yeah, yeah. And on the phone on the way home, my wife is ding, 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 eBay, right? Yeah. Thanks very much. Bang. Half the price. Lovely. Yeah, yeah. We've, got, we've got three buggies. We've got one that we bought brand new and the other two on on eBay. When they were, they're great. Yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't have to be brand new. It was just someone was going to get us one as a, as a present. So we got a brand new one. And then, uh, yeah, great. eBay is a good place to go. Definitely. And look for second-hand stuff. Definitely. Um, oh, here's one. Snot suckers. Oh God, yeah. Thanks, Sophie from the Mirror, for uh, who's the, who's a tech editor who's currently on maternity leave, and hopefully will be listening to this for this suggestion. Um, I'm sure she has handled a lot of tech that can do <laughs> some very complicated and important stuff. Yeah. But um, she was telling us that this is the thing that she hasn't yet built up the. Neither have I. The, 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 I mean, I, I we've got one. Have at you home. done it? Well, yeah, we've got one. At home. Um, it's basically like a. A pipette, isn't it? Pipette, essentially. A pipette or a, a turkey baster. Yeah. Um, but on a scale which you can use to remove a child's snot from his nose because they don't have the abilities to blow their own nose unless they sneeze, of course, uh, to, to free up their airways. And it is sounds a disgusting thing, and it is a disgusting thing. But, you know, if it's going to get you a night's sleep... You'd do it. It's funny, and it's funny the bargaining you do with yourself in order yeah. to get the night's sleep. The, it becomes to that point quite quickly where you. Wasn't JC at work telling us he did it with a straw? I think so. Yeah, because actually, well, there's no reason you couldn't do it with a straw, yeah. frankly. Well, you yeah. got there's a danger of you ingesting it. Yeah, I suppose. If you do it with a straw. But then if you if you're that tired and you're thinking, oh, but if it means you eating, might as well just split with a straw. If it means eating or <laughs> sucking in my uh, child's snot in order to get a night's sleep, yeah, you do get to a point quite quickly where yeah. you think, yep, that sounds like a bargain yeah, I'll worth, do it. worth I'll having. I'll do it, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, so um, they're quite cheap, readily available. Um, yeah, send us your stories. Jason's <laughs> just started putting peas up his nose, um, but I'm not sure managed to... Uh, you get, haven't needed the pipette haven't needed yet. the pipette just yet. If you give him a clout on the back of the head, they pop out, and no, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> if social uh, services are listening, yeah, no, Steve is joking. Um, <laughs> sneeze tends to dislodge uh, pee up a nose. Good tip. So what do you do? So chuck pepper up the other nostril? Yeah. Really? <laughs> <laughs> no, generally, the, it, it irritates their nose to such a degree they sneeze anyway. Oh, right, I'll bear that in mind. Yeah, Ben's not at that stage yet, no. but that'll be that'll well, be I'll keep, keep Jackson away from him. One thing, I can't remember whether I knew about this or not before but before having a child, but colic and the okay. whole concept of colic. Yeah. I remember this, I was fixated on this for the first few weeks of Ben's life because Ben was... Ben was a bit of a screamer in the early days, mm. and um, and we were convinced. So we were like, you know, you do that thing where you're googling everything. What the hell's wrong with this child? Mm. And of course, you come to the conclusion that he has colic because this is kind of what the internet tells you. Yeah. Oh, your baby's colicky. Your baby's col-. and then you start reading up about colic. You know, so colic basically means baby's not very happy, um, isn't feeling great, and is screaming a lot. So well, that doesn't sound like a condition. That just sounds like a baby who's not, you know, not isn't having a great time wind? of it. Well, that seems to be part of it, but it doesn't seem to be... I mean, we'd need to talk to a doctor to figure out whether this is a thing or not. But what it led us to was a thing called Infocol, which, again, is another brand name. And there's loads of these different things, which are things that are supposed to help with colic. And they're like little drops that you put in, you know, you give the baby, you know, drops into the mouth. 
and um, this just happened to be the one we'd pick up. And what I realised very quickly was we were then hooked on this stuff. It was like we were addicted to it because I think the first time we used it, Ben slept a little bit better. Now, whether it was anything to do with this stuff or not, I have no idea. But then I realised the beauty of having baby products to sell is that you've got... I mean, you, you hook people in pretty bloody quickly mm. because then we didn't dare not use it. So we had no idea if it was working or not, but because we thought it might have done, mm. for the next three, six months, every day, again, again, mm. again, make sure you're giving him the info call, make sure you're giving him the info mm. call. And um, whether he slept or not, it was like, well... It m- There's another podcast that we had out of this, isn't there, where oh, yeah. we talk about whether or not kids should be having medicine, how much medicine they should be having, what they should be having. Yeah. Um, well, this stuff, I think, is all quite natural. It's not It's not sort of technically medicine, so it's more kind of like natural remedies. So we were never too concerned about that. But interesting, it's interesting you mentioned that, because Ben's going through some horrendous teething at the moment, mm. to the point where he had like bleeding gums yesterday and stuff. Like It's, mm. it's clearly mm. bothering him quite a lot. And it means he's not sleeping terribly yeah. well. So then you get to that point of saying, well, how much paracetamol is too much? But we always oh, try and avoid giving it to him. Yeah. But then he's in a lot of pain. So you think, right, we'll give him just one before he goes to bed. He won't have any during the day. And then you think, well, hang on. He's like, if he has paracetamol every night, how long can you keep that up for? You don't want to give him paracetamol every night. You don't want him to get dependent on it. No. So and also I it never know good where the line is. Stomachs. Exactly, yeah. So you never know where the, where the line is. Do you just use it every well, night? Well, it's all he says. I think it says, doesn't it? Don't use it for more than five consecutive yeah, days exactly. or something like that. Um, but yeah, and I was talking to a doctor friend of mine and he was saying people, he comes across kids who are going to school who have Paris, have Calpol for breakfast. Oh, mate, that's not good. Um, because it, mum, mum's very, mum and dad are very busy. Uh, we use that broadly speaking um, and it, it becomes they want it they need it to get to school it gets them out of bed in the morning it gets them you know and, yeah yeah that's, that's um, it that's and there's an argument game. as well for, for if kids got fever again we'll return to this at a later date that you shouldn't be giving them um, something to bring their fever down because if they've got an infection the reason that your body temperature rage rises is because the fever yeah. infection can't live in a hot body whereas if you keep bringing the temperature down then it potentially the bug can survive longer in the body and it makes them yeah a few months ago we had we had been in hospital for a few nights actually because he'd had quite a night we had a bit of a meningitis scare he had mm. to have a what you call it um lumbar puncture. lumbar puncture and all that which is the most horrendous thing mm. uh, for a kid to have because uh, he had a really bad fever, oh, really so bad needle rash. needle in the spine, right? Needle in the spine, and they have to take him away. Take they, spinal fluid, right? Yeah, they take spinal fluid out to check for meningitis. That's the only way they can really be sure. And they had to take him away from us into this separate room. purely because. And I asked why, and they said purely because you just don't want to see it. They can't have parents seeing it because it's that stressful because yeah. they have to have him completely yeah, still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's already upset, he's got a fever, he's screaming, yeah. oh, God. Really horrendous experience. Anyway, the um, the doctor we ended up being in hospital for three nights because they weren't sure, and it was all fine. But the doctor um, was explaining that that paracetamol idea that actually it's always a balancing act because on the one end you don't want the fever to get too crazy and you want the baby to be able to rest because it's very important mm. to get better. But at the same time, you need them to sort of sweat it out. Almost. Yeah, so yeah. It's always yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? Tricky. Um, what else have we got on this list? The oh the one that the, the I think one of your friends suggested Steve uh, the 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 kind of terminology of baby grow body grow sleep suit oh Christ I'm still 13 months into Ben's life I still have no idea yeah what what is the actual the correct terminology for what I often say to Lindsay do we need a sleep suit do we need a a body grow what and I never I never know quite which one's which so we are getting trouble for putting the wrong ones in the wrong baskets <laughs> yeah, in the wrong I get in the wrong drawer so I it goes in the second drawer I've told you a million times I think a vest 
goes over their head and yeah. buttons up on their crotch. That sounds simple. And their enough. arms come yes, outside. Yeah. And it's either short sleeved or long sleeved. Yeah, short sleeved or long sleeves. So it's the it's the it's the buttoning around the crotch that makes it a vest. Yeah. Are we yeah. agree on that? Yeah. Yeah. But you can have a sideways button up one, can't you? Because when Ben had the operation on his head... No, no, vest doesn't have any buttons. It just un- just does up at the crotch. But then, okay... And then you know <laughs> you're getting into baby grows. But you see, this is... Now, where's the defining um, line there? So is that if it's got legs, it's a baby grow? Yeah. Legs and arms, baby grow. Okay. But then what's... Oh, man. Okay, so when do you go from baby grow or body grow? Yeah. When do you go from that to sleep suit? And when... and. What you know when people call a grow bag, I find that really confusing because then that's sort of like the grow kind of slang like, term for like a sleeping bag, right? Well, it's a sleep. It's, grow bag is a brand name. Yes, um, and that is a sleeping bag that has basically like a dungaree type top yeah, that goes over use, their yeah. shoulders, but they can come with arms and without arms. Yeah, because we've that got pop on and off. We've got the sleeveless ones that he sleeps in. Yeah. Okay, so sleep suit and body grow. What's the difference there? Okay, so I think a sleep suit. Is mm. a and a body grow, grow, but baby grow not doesn't have covers we think on your the extremities. Yeah. That does make some sense. I think you've made some sense of that more than I've managed to in thirteen months. The yeah, diagonal yeah, yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that about? Because actually, I mentioned before Ben um, has had a couple of operations. It's these sideways the button up ones, but they're still button up. But they st- so this, they were still under the leg and yeah. then up the centre. Yeah, yeah. And some of them just have buttons down the middle. Top just does up. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, this takes me back to... The Good luck standing in at your <laughs> lunch break when you've been told to pick up a clean pack of these trying to work out which ones it is you're supposed to be getting. Oh, my God, yeah. I've been that, down that road. We've all been there. You just buy one of each and take them back the wrong ones the next day. Do you know what? There's loads more on this list, but we've probably, we've probably bamboozled ourselves as well as you um, more than enough for now. If you do have any more suggestions of things that you, know, you only start to become aware of once you have become a parent... And I'm sure there are so many more we're missing out here. Yeah. Then um, please, as I said earlier, please do email us. Cradle cap. Cradle cap, that's one. And that white stuff they, they have on their body when they're first born. The white. Oh, yeah. I can't remember what it's called. No, I can't remember. But Iris it. has got some now, but I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, Ben had like a weird rash thing, which apparently was all very normal. Yeah. Well. It looks like eczema or something. Anyway, Let us know. Anyway, we could go on about this all day, as you can probably tell. Um, but yeah, please do email us with any suggestions at firsttimedads at trinitymirror.com. Uh, make sure you leave us a review and a rating yeah. on iTunes thanks for it really listening does help. as always tell everyone about us <coughs> tell your NCT people tell which we haven't covered we NCT. haven't even talked about NCT National Childbirth Trust right. for those listening um, any baby groups any stay and play groups just spread the word really the more people that we, we, we get to talk to the better because I think it can be helpful indeed um, uh, thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next time cheers <laughs> <laughs>